Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com. Eric's Family Barbecue has arrived and is simply the best barbecue in Arizona. Come satisfy your taste buds with meats that are smoked over mesquite wooden sides that are made with fresh ingredients and tons of love. They have the best juiciest brisket, pulled pork, rib sausage, turkey, or everyone's favorite, the Pitmaster Sampler that includes all the meat and four sides. Mac and cheese, potato salad, coleslaw, corn, or beans, yum. And for dessert, try some creamy banana pudding. Amazing! Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip, you won't be sorry. Dine in or take it to go. Go to Eric's Family bbq.com for more info. There you go. Silence the voice. We thank you. And uh, Friday rolling right along. We're going to have Guns N' Roses tickets to give away later this morning as they go on sale uh, today. If you want to check it out, 98kupd.com. You can go get your Guns N' Roses tickets today along with the Slipknot tickets. Those are also on sale today. Uh, Both those shows coming this year. A lot of the other shows that are coming to town have been selling tickets for next year. GNR is just two months away. That's pretty awesome. Well, two and a half. But still, that's pretty good. So get your tickets today. I don't even know the pricing on that. It's probably somewhat ridiculous. I don't think it's listed. Let me look here. Yeah. we got to find out there. I'm not sure what the prices are. Slipnuts, November. Guns N' Roses, August 30th. We'll give you those tickets in a little while. Pretty great. And that's kind of a good, uh, good segue back to LeBron is that he's sort of the Axl Rose of basketball. He's great, but he's somewhat intolerable and... He'll quit if things aren't going well. I did get an email that said, uh, John, you're being way too hard on LeBron. I, for one, love LeBron. I find him to be an amazing example. Uh, and so what? I've always believed that when things aren't going your way or if you just don't like who you're with, you should up and leave. Sign Toledo's dad. <laughs> he, started we go. he started nodding yep. at the end. When he heard up and leave, I think Toledo's like, all right. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Actually, it's signed Dick Toledo Sr. <laughs> he took on your own radio persona and made you a junior and still won't admit you're his. Fantastic. Uh, no uh, prices for GNR yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they get a crap tickets open up in five hours. So. Really? So there's, you're just going to be like, okay, the guessing yeah, game at begins. At 10 o'clock, uh, I hope it's not $2,000. <laughs> Let's see what I'm spending here. Am I locked in? <laughs> it seems kind of, uh, ooh, Okay. Well, I would like to know what I'm getting into. That's going to yeah. make a mess. Seventy-five to five hundred. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be more than that. I think the up close ones are going to be more than that. I think it'll be uh, like one fifty 
Maybe get some seventy. No, not down at the Suns Arena. I bet you they're oh, all yeah, over Suns hundred bucks. Arena. Yep. I was thinking Stadium too. I bet you they're all over hundred dollars for Rage Against the Machine. It was two hundred seventy bucks a ticket at at Suns. Yep. Uh, no kidding. Oh yeah. wow, wow. No matter where you're sitting, uh, anywhere in the lower bowl. I think the okay. upper bowl was a little bit cheaper, but yeah. But yeah, I would venture to guess Guns N' Roses is going to be over hundred for every ticket. Oh yeah, easy. I mean, if you get some nosebleeds or some nasties, you might get under hundred, but not much. Hey, you're in the building. So what? And that well, new screen's off. Utilize that new screen. They won't. It wouldn't. They they don't run the gondola for concerts. Bring it, it up. Would, it would brighten everything too the, much. It would screw up the stage. That thing is. It glows, man. It's big. Yeah, you wouldn't have that. They might use it a little in the beginning, but for the most part, I think it'll just suck that thing into the ceiling. I think it kills sight lines from the highs too. If you're looking one direction. We'll see. I don't know. Plus, don't you think bands and production companies are going to want to make money back for the year that they lost? So oh, that's Not true. overcharging, but they're going to charge a pretty penny. They're going to charge. And yeah. I don't know how much the stage show is going to have. Well, I mean, Guns N' Roses is different. Yeah. They've got a ton. But I bet you the medium bands are going to have very, very minimal stage shows. Yeah. Maximize <laughs> the profit. a whole lot of... And I wonder how that's going to work because... There's only so many dollars out there to spend, yeah. And there's going to be every band is going to be out there. Yep. All we're going to get back. bombarded. You're getting Pearl Jam's got to do its redo. Yeah, Foo Fighters are coming back. We haven't gotten the word on that yet. Although they they've danced around like dates. Yeah. Uh, now you got Guns N' Roses and Slipknot. We didn't see that coming. And those yeah, are just the right. big bands. Those are the big ones. Now the other ones that have got to come screaming through. They're going to do tiny places. It'll be a great year for like your the Royal Bloods of the world and stuff yeah. like that because you're going to see them at Marquee. Or someplace that, you know, they could probably do a little better or bigger place, maybe even Ak Chin. But I, they're going to do small venues. I'd love to see them in a place like, uh, I don't know, downtown, I guess. What's the Crescent, I guess, is still kind of a thing. And the, Crescent, what's the other one? Van Buren. Van Buren, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Van Buren. I'd love to see them there. There's a few little kind of just beyond baby bands. They're like, okay, they're almost ready for that next level. But the pandemic made it, so they got to keep playing small small places. They're a great band. So, yeah, concerts are back. So your tickets go on sale. We'll give them away later. Later on this morning. You know who the happiest man in the world is about the Suns right now? The happiest man right now. Other than Sarver? Bob Brenly. Because it's burying his problem. <laughs> they tried yesterday. I watched some uh, MLB, and they had a couple other players. They had an article in New York that went on and on about the racist tones of Bob Brenly. And uh, a former player came out and said he never experienced racism in baseball except for when he played for Bob Brenly. And I'm like, Jesus, you can't do that. That's not you can't come you can't come back ten or twelve years later and, and say, you know, I played for the Brewers. It was uh, Martinez. I forgot who it was, but he came back and he said, uh, Ramos Ramos uh, was Ramos Ramirez the one that said it. Yeah. Yep, was that who said he was? Yep. the only time he was racist was yep. No was kidding. Me. Yep. Never when did saw he him, play never with saw him be in Chicago? Right. That's what he said. But Brindley never he was coached. Just an announcer. He was just there. an announcer yeah. in the booth. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he was talking about then, but it was Aramis that said that about him. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was looking at that, and I'm like, oh, come on. And especially because Aramis hasn't played in years. If you had a beef then, you should have said something then. But you can't come back and go, oh, yeah, no, that guy is racist. It's like, stop. Now, if it starts Didn't coming out. player that, come in and say, no. I haven't I seen anybody defend it. I think everybody's kind of left it alone. Everybody's scared, dude. Nobody wants to touch yeah. it. You can't talk about stuff like that. Uh, Ramirez said, you know what's surprising about this stuff? I never had a racial problem before in my life in the States before Brinley or after Brinley. But what was the incident? 
Uh, he says, feels Brenly's harsh criticism cannot be separated from the color of his skin. He went after Starling Castro pretty oh, hard. Oh, that's when he was a Cubs Giovanni fan. Soto pretty hard. Ramirez said he said he could not recall Brenly criticizing any white players ever. Really? The former Cub also said he never experienced anything like that at any other of his stops in baseball. Brenly didn't uh, – look, I, I watched Brenly call Cubs games with Len Casper. Somebody had to do something exciting. And at the time – uh, there were times when Aramis Ramirez was trying to be the star of that Cubs team. I remember you guys said it in here. He was the star of the team. Yeah. He was the one that they were putting all the weight on, and he couldn't hold that. He couldn't do it. He was getting paid a ton of money. So when you get paid a ton of money, the criticism comes with it. You know what the color that matters is? is green. Yeah. When the team's throwing all that cash at you and you're not carrying your load, although I did love Aramis when he was with the Cubs. He was pretty great, but that was when he was surrounded by good players. I'm sure A-Rod's going to – Chime in here eventually. And say Brenly's a racist. No, well, just anyone who's <laughs> getting harassed, you know, because he was getting a lot of money and they would get on him. Well, that's why they got on him. Yeah. Because he mean, was the first $250 million man. $25 million a year. People, yeah. people, the highest paid guy was like 11 at the time. Yeah. Like, who is this? Nope, yeah. they're racist. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the Rangers announcers had something to say about him when he got $25 million a year and he played like 71 games. Yeah. Bob Brenly is, is not a racist. He is not a racist. Maybe he's just tough on guys that should be better, and he's mad about their natural abilities. I know he was mad at Giovanni Soto because he's a catcher, and Giovanni was a catcher, and Soto was lazy every once in a while. I watched every game that when the Cubs were – and Soto could be great, and then you just see him like he's, not, he's never going to – and plus I think he was heavily on some sort of performance-enhancing drug. Huh. A weird stat about that guy. 26 total home runs in his uh, time in the minors. His rookie year with the Cubs, he had 26 home runs. Wow. So all of a sudden, this guy could hit home runs. He was a powerhouse. He's batting over 300. He was a, he was a guy the Cubs pulled up as kind of like, all right, he'll fill the role for a while till we find a catcher and just blew him rookie of the year. Then they took his toys away, and he never had another good season again. So Brenly turns out, was right about Giovanni Soto if he was tough on how he was playing. But, it's, but Bob's probably the happiest guy because – all the news is focused on the Suns, and nobody's really paying attention to the fact that the terrible Diamondbacks team, uh, does, their announcer's sitting down for a, a week. And I still hope he quits. Look how he went after me on my first pitch. He destroyed I mean, you destroyed on your first me. pitch. And look, remember the, the thing he said about you? Because Bob's funny, and here's yeah. what comes with funny. Some, uh, a couple uncomfortable comments. Brady threw out his first pitch. We had Bob Brenly on the air the next day. And I said, is there anybody that uh, Brady reminds you of on the mound at all? And he said, do you remember a, a pitcher named Mike Fetters. He was short. He was kind of uh, chubby. He was very, you know, like... They made the faces and all that. Made the faces and stuff. He goes, Brady reminds me a little bit of Mike Fetters if uh, if he ate Bartolo Colon. (laughs) 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 And we died laughing. And that was the most insulting thing he could ever say about you. And then he called you a dumb Mexican. And I didn't even understand why. (laughs) He's just so racist. He made a joke. It had nothing to do with race. And they made a joke about the do-rag. And nothing, the, the apology is going to make other guys come out of the woodwork and go, oh, he's got a problem. Whatever. Keep your sensitivity rolling. Stupid. Can't stand the, the world we live in when it comes to that. But congratulations, Bob. The sun's winning. Keeps the local news off your ass. And I think they would have started to bother him. It definitely would have been a story if the sun's weren't around. They'd be like, we've got to go talk to Brenly or try to get comments from the Diamondbacks. Nobody even cares. Right. It's just, it's just going to disappear, which is good news, but. Now he can't say anything. If I would you go back in there after that? If you're him, 
Would you even think no, about it? No, I wouldn't. Either. There's no way. I got enough money. Oh, thank you. A family. I can just kind of drift off into And they're worried about their legacy. I'm like, you got your championship. You got your thing. If this is your legacy, most people are like, he's good. Don't worry about it. Uh, the, the, the cancel culture decided that they were going to kick him. It's not your legacy. So I wouldn't try to go back in there and straighten it out. Be like, fine. You guys don't want me. The, the person I admire most, the forgotten guy, when the Me Too movement came out, remember, it was the Wobegon guy, the dude up there in the... Yeah, Garrison Key. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Harrison oh, yeah. Keeler, they're like, oh, he's an, an ass-grabbing machine, and he's said some terrible... And he just came out and he goes, you know what? I quit. And it's been a nice run, but I don't fit into the society. So anymore. long. And, he's, and he just, I'm not going to try. He flat out said... I, he didn't yeah. say, I don't know, maybe I grabbed some asses, maybe I said some things that made people uncomfortable. Yeah, not a denial at all. But in this day and age, I'm not real sure I fit in. So it's been nice. So long. And everybody's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And he goes, goodbye. And he disappeared. And they did that down-home cooking radio show. I don't even know what, what was that thing called? Lake Wobegon. Lake Wobegon um, and the stories of yeah. boring white people. <laughs> and uh, and he did it for 100 years. And he was... In front of a live audience. It was terrible. Uh, you had to be 80 to enjoy it. You, you had to be almost brain dead to enjoy it. I think they played it for people coming out of coma so they weren't overly, uh, you know... Intoxified by noises and sounds and colors, they're just like here. Play some of that Lake Wobegon Garrison Keeler stuff. Ease them back into words. It was slow. It was boring. Maybe a clever story now and again if you're at ninety. And then he just said, "Yeah, I probably played some grab ass with some folks." So it's going to take. Uh, you're going to have to fight this a little bit. I know it's not, you know. Nah, we could win this. No, nope. thank you. <laughs> no thanks. I quit. By no. the way, this whole thing's over. It's like what? Yeah, Tales from Boring White Creek, they're all done. We're done here. So no sensitivity training for him? He didn't need it. He made all the money he's going to make, and he's like, I That's just- what I think got him. They're like, well, if we do this and do that, yeah. I don't feel like I... Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. As I you know look what? out over the shores of Lake Wobega, oh, what? Grab ass, quit. Sorry, I'm done. And it was just so boring. Garrison Keeler was such a drag. I'm but- trying to remember the program, but- I always call it something down home the cooking. Prairie or uh, the, uh, yes, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, I don't know. Is that that's right? That's yeah. idea, yeah. Oh, I mean, t- it was racist, but I don't think black people would ever call it that because they'd have to listen to it to realize. Let them have it. Ha. That could have been a Klan rally the way they did it, and black people would still be like, "I'm not listening enough to because I can't get through the first three minutes. I'm going to sleep." It's like Brady's Instagram page. Brady, Brady, Brady took With over the trivia. Same, yeah, once Garrison Keeler left. Brady took over and said, "I got it. I find the audience." If if you if you dropped a sedation gas bomb on the audience in Branson, Missouri, <laughs> that's Prairie Home. No companion. need. It was like, well, yeah, but that even there was no need, and you still kind of sedated them <laughs> for no reason. It's sedated eighty year olds that wanted story time from a guy. Oh, it's boring. Lawrence Welk was like two live crew compared to this guy. Oh man! <laughs> but evidently backstage. I finger this one, you mind? Oh, 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 Garrison Likey. And then he's like, hey, you just tried to finger that girl. Oh, well, I quit. There's a beaver in my cabin. Good move, Garrison. I heard uh, Neandermark and Tim and Paul 
when I was getting a soda in the kitchen there, right next to the studios, right next to him, I heard uh, Neanderthal call Manute Bull. He goes, he, he reminds, he was like one of those alien people from blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, oh, racist. Cue up Chicago. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Yep. You can't call that guy an alien. He's, he's just an African man from the Sudan. They just look different. You can't start calling them names. Although he did. There's nothing. I handed that dude a peanut once, and I thought my world was going to change. From the upper deck, he got it. Yeah, I was sitting front row upper deck, and give me a peanut. I'm like, where'd you come from? <laughs> You're like a 50-foot movie monster. His arm moved different, too. And he cracked that peanut and just looked at me while he ate it, and me and my friend Joe were sitting there staring at him. I was, is this happening? I mean, am I eating peanuts with Minute Bowl right now? And it wasn't, you know. He has that, a trunk. He had we a little, are best friends. He had a little LeBron in him. <laughs> Cue up Chicago yeah, for yeah, Brady. Exactly. I got this going here. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Right. Good thinking, yeah. Our sensitivity song. So while this is playing, we can be insensitive. <laughs> yes. And we're being cured as it happens. But I'll tell you this. I did, while well, Manute was asking. He had the LeBron in him, that two, two teenage boys standing in the front row at the Suns Arena. He didn't say, may I have, or is that for everybody? Give me a peanut. Jeez, pushy. <laughs> and he just wanted one. And the most amazing thing about it is a guy who probably didn't eat for like 14 years of his life only had one peanut. Who stops at one? How did he not come back or get his own bag? They're salty treats. He is an alien. He's alien. But, you know, the rumor was he beat up a lion once. So I'm not going to be the guy that goes, get your own peanuts, dick. You want to see that? He was 15. Happily handed him a peanut. I'm like, all right. Never seen anything like you. What are you? It was crazy. I can't imagine that that's the same. That we share the same genetic code. No Take way. I'm just. I can't. I'm not saying mine's playing. He's all right. That doesn't mean mine's. I'm going to go off on this because here's here's where woke woke pussy. I'm not saying mine's better. I just said be careful, Brindley. I'm saying his genetic code isn't human like mine, or mine isn't human like him. But somebody's not right. The same argument. Somebody's got the wrong one, and I happen to lean towards me on that. Because I'd much rather be in his shoes. I want to be seven feet there six There you go. Tall. That made it better. <laughs> Immune to the sun. I want all that stuff. I have to be careful outside because the natural resources of our solar system destroy me. He has none of that. You're right. The song is helping. But one of us isn't human. Because I stood next to him and I'm like, we're not of the same thing. You're a special genetic thing. I'm a lump of carbon mass. I'm the uh, I'm the rock that people think is quartz. He's the diamond. You're the pyrite. <laughs> I am. I'm the one that's like this is useless. There, there's a billion of these. But you're right. I have to go back to it. <laughs> like Brady, you're a cookie cutter of your shape and size. I can find a Brady anytime I want to go outside. Go to the Circle K and get three of them. How many minute bowls am I going to find in a day? Not too many. That's right. Zero. But I feel like Manute and I had a lot. I really thought you were going to say there's plenty yeah. out there. You can stop at one peanut? If that peanut is 50 pounds, nobody can stop at one peanut. Yeah, I could. No, you couldn't. If I had a game to play, if I had a match, one peanut. The one thing you one have in common. Here, here's what Brady has in common with Manute Bowl. <laughs> if, in fact, Brady was on a basketball court, he would have asked for food from the front row, too. <laughs> yep. There's one. That's that's chalk that one up as one. Two, common language. Right after that, 
I'm struggling to find commonalities with you and Minute. Yeah, I, I really am struggling at that point. Your daughter and Minute have the same size feet, but that's not even you. You love jokes, did he? You don't know that. Maybe he's like, I hate jokes. He was on that practical joke, or not that one, but he uh, was on the TV's bloopers and practical. Yeah. And then Jay Johnstone of the had a blooper <laughs> show right. for a while. It's sports. It was the best joke ever. I don't know why you know that, and I don't know why it sparked with me. They put Rick Mahorn of the 76ers and Pistons in a cake yeah. for uh, his birthday, and they invite like a few players in, and Minute's just standing at this table. I don't know that he liked jokes, Brady. There's nothing. And then Rick Mahorn pops out of the cake, and he goes, it's Rick Mahorn. <laughs> that was it. The other one's freaked out. Yeah, the other guy's like, ah! Minute's like, it's Rick Mahorn. I think you identified the guy in the cake. Because you know why? He had to grow up with his head on a swivel. Lions, hyenas, warlords. When you're seven feet Loved tall. Loved animals. You're seven feet tall and trying to hide. You learn how to see stuff. <laughs> anyway. Well, Minute Bull and I are not. I, I don't think we're of the same thing. And I don't think that's. I don't think that's a shot at him so much as it is me. So. Color me Bob Brinley, I suppose. But I look at him as a different species of human. The same way a poodle and a Rottweiler are somehow or another both canines. I don't see how Minute and John Holmberg or Brady, for God's sakes, we have <laughs> anything in common as far as like if aliens came down and took samples, they'd be like, oh, it's a race of super people. Or you know, they're all kind of doughy white guys. Not real special. It's like organs, twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organs same. <laughs> Our organs are not the same. I mean, not if I needed, size and yeah, everything. If I needed a kidney... I'd have to get like uh, an addition on my body. <laughs> <laughs> if I got if Minute and I match, like the only person in the world that matches your blood type is Minute Bowl. I'm like, first off, shocked. Second, can you put it in sideways stuff? Yeah, where's it gonna go? <laughs> well, we've moved some of your ass over and lay it on there. You'll just have a lump, sir. A good chunk of it's gonna be hanging out of you. Nobody else on the planet. Nope, unfortunately. Holmberg, what's that on your back? God damn it. Are you sure it fits in me? Oh, we know it doesn't, but we're going to jam it in there. I'd just rather not have the kidney. But yeah, Bob Brenly, congratulations. And you still have support from us. I think it's great. None of the sports stations are talking about Brenly's goof, which is fantastic. And again, I won't even call it a goof. It's, it's not. It's not. He didn't do anything wrong. It's infuriating. It's just annoying. I, I, I don't understand it. It's like the whole world's gone bananas, and I just don't understand it. Everybody eat me. Oh, someone just said something about aliens. You know who the alien was? Was Sam Cassell. I was at the game, yes. and he asked me for fiberglass. Does <laughs> he eat fiberglass? I didn't know that. I happen to be one of the few people that can say this on radio. I saw Sam Cassell's penis. He was an alien. Let me tell you this. If aliens came down and took blood samples from Sam Cassell and me— and tried to identify our species, they would say it was two different types of humans, a super species of giant procreators and these like six feet tall children. Because if it went by dick size, I've never seen anything in my life, porn or otherwise, than what Sam Cassell had hanging off the front of him. You would have been a worker bee, he would have been a drone? I would have been a suicidal worker bee. He would have <laughs> That's been, it for me. He would, there would have been no need for worker bees. The queen would have died. I don't know who has sex with Sam Cassell. Even more than the, the donkey guy from uh, the, the Coyotes? The, yes. Wow. I mean, maybe by double. <laughs> I've, I've, he yelled, the team started 0-13 or 0-12 when the 
sons had them. Yeah. He came out of the shower. That was when I was in the media and started screaming at the team. Brett, he wasn't gyrating or moving or anything, but as he got angrier, his giant penis did full circles. Like helicoptering? And it cooled the room <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, and we were all like standing in front of it. A lady brought us lemonade. It was like a summer day. And it was November. So when you saw the hockey guy, you went home and shaved. What'd you do after Cassell? Oh, I had a I had a barrel a of a gun mouth. in my mouth for about an hour. <laughs> like I can't compete with this. But then again, I, the only reason I didn't kill myself is I'm like no woman would enjoy that. I mean, it'd be a really big woman. Sam Cassell's head looked like it did because while he was in the womb, all of his body, all the stem cells and everything, were creating dick. They just focused on it, and then his head kind of came out looking like sloth because it's like, well, we're not even working on it. <laughs> Which one's the cord? That thing. Make sure you cut the right one was obscenely large, and he said it, screamed at his team. I don't care who sees it, stand here with my junk hanging out and everything. It's the first time I ever heard anybody call it junk, and I started laughing. Stand here with my junk hanging out. Y'all are heartless. This is a heartless bunch, and the thing starts moving on its own, like Flava Flav's clock. It was just <laughs> everywhere. And, I'm, and I don't know what else he was yelling at. I'm like, look at the size of that thing. Massive. And Cassell was my height. And I'm not kidding, Brett. It's past the knees. Oh. And just think of me right now. Because he was six feet tall. I'm six feet tall. Now just picture me standing here and you guys are looking going, that thing in his pants goes down his thighs and past his knee. It, it was figure out, does huge. He, does he Cinnabon the thing in order to play basketball? I, 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 like, I, yeah, where does he put it? Leia, <laughs> Look, and then, it had to be folded. Some, it had to be rolled or folded. It had to be. There's no possible way. Running. So he's reeling it up like a garden hose or what? I mean, yeah. Brett, I've seen it. <laughs> it doesn't go where mine goes. I only know how to work mine. And occasionally I can reach in. I can point mine straight up sometimes, and I'm like, it's a, it's, it's a cold out. I can point it straight up, and there's no threat of it like popping out of the top or anything. Sometimes on a good day, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I'm touching the band. Just in case I bend over, you might see the... Sam Cassell did that, it would go up to his chest. He's always got to be one side or the other. Let alone to get the propeller going. I remember that when thing I, just passed by and he didn't, centrifugal force. He was just, start swinging he was one just way. angry. Pendulum. And it, it wasn't like he was trying. Like, I have to try to get it. Like, look, yeah. it's doing it. It's doing it. He just was yelling, and it started to bounce, and then it started to go in a circle. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. I remember I got uh, fitted for a suit. At uh, Dillard's once, and the guy's measuring me out, and he goes, "Which which side do you dress on?" And I'm like, "I don't know what that means." I didn't know. And he goes, "What side do you dress on?" And I'm like, "What side do your genitals do you prefer them to be?" We'll make a little extra. And I'm and at the time, I didn't realize how embarrassing that was, and I said, "Up." (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, "I see." (laughs) I was only like seventeen. Yeah, I was like seventeen or eighteen. It's like I see. I'm like, well, I don't know what it, what do you what do you mean? You're, you're supposed to put it down? Oh, it would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him up, and then from there on, I'm like, oh, I asked my dad. I'm like, what does he mean by that? He goes, that's what side your dick is on. But it's up. Oh God, don't say up. Tell him it's right. No matter what, always say right. Okay. And since then, it's right. And plus, now that I've got old man balls, I used to be able to tuck the whole thing into a little package. It was nice. It's designed for that extra button that you yeah. have. Oh, up. I see. 
Would you like a pair of women's slacks, sir? Probably a little flat front, perhaps peating. I didn't know what that meant. I guess that's a military thing. Which side do you dress on? I don't know. Feel around. So what do you think? You're the expert. You're the one with the tape measure near my nuts. That process has gotten amazing. You can do that online now. Or you can just give them your, your own suit? measure. It yeah, is. You can get your own suit online. You don't have to have some weird dude nutting you everything. They over, and it's always a really flamboyant. Oh, boy, here we go. Oh, what? More than words. Give me my Chicago. All right, hang on. Sorry about that. That was, that was from always, yesterday. That's after the fitting's done. Seemingly the only guys hang that want to fit you at department stores are flaming homosexuals. I know. <laughs> but it is uncomfortable for a teen boy go in there when your grandma's told you all your life that gay people are just going to try to steal you and rape you. And that's, that was her bigotry. And then I got a guy who was really super gay and the first thing he does is put a tape measure up against my nuts and pull down my Everybody leg. Needs a little time away. And then ask you where my dick is currently. Up? <laughs> anyway, obviously you lost interest immediately. Up? Ugh. Next. Both times I went in to get food, they pulled out a 55-gallon drum and two uh, slump blocks. <laughs> yeah. Brady's guy was Barrel Boy. He's like, I got the perfect fit for you. Which side do you dress on? Left. You're a left guy? Yeah. No kidding. Does it alter, or do you just let her go? You ever reach in there and flip it around? I get, I get like, annoyed. It goes by. back. On its own? It knows yeah. where to go? Uh, yeah. It's got a homing device. Finds its, finds its home, huh? I'm constantly reaching down there and flipping it to the other side. Like, it'll get annoying on this side. I'm like, ugh. And I flop it over. And sometimes I'm pretty happy. I'm like, that's why. For some reason, I'm plump. I gotta put it over here for a minute. Because my balls are on one side, and they're old man balls. It's a long story. Brett, what about you? Uh, I'm a right. You're a right dresser. I'm a right dresser, yeah. Consistent? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'd say pretty. I'm, I think I'm, I'm ambi- right right now. I think I'm ambidextrous. Yeah. I think I'm all Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm right right now. I'm, I'm inverted. I'm right neutral. Now. Are you? Yeah, I'm kind of like. Kind of just. <laughs> I'm rolling over the top of the leg. It's really? the Mack Weldons. It might be the sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the complete and utter comfort of my sweatpants. Let me stand up and see which way he wants to go. Just feel. Feel the freedom. It's right. John, so you've announced. I wonder if it has something to do with it. It's kind of just straight right down right now because of the sweatpants. It's just doing what it's just kind of hanging like we just got Sam Cassellan. It's Sam Cassellan. That's what a guy says right now. (laughs) It's not Sam (laughs) Cassellan. Guy says, uh, so John, we know that Sam Cassell dresses down. Uh, He has no choice. Gravity does that. But do you think he could give it a lick? Uh, No question. And here's the other part of that it doesn't even have to be aroused. Wow. Whoa. That's. They traded him like three days later. And I'm like, thank God. Because I spent a lot of time in the son's locker room then. (laughs) Thank (laughs) God. That was after my deal with the Coyotes guy. I'm like, this is just... I, I, I had a complex for a while. I noticed you uh, only interviewed uh, Nash after that. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Kachuk and I hung out in a corner quite a bit. And then Canadian Steve Nash. And thank God they drafted you. Thank God. But yeah, it was like all the guys my size. And then Jacques Vaughn, when I went into the, uh, went to the jazz locker room. I saw Ostertag. I saw Carl Malone's dick. Gracie. I should. I should. I could write a coffee table book. Yeah. <laughs> Gracie's dick. Celebrity dong. Gracie's dong was sports dong. Normal. It made me so happy that Mark Grace has a normal. Who dog. is the who? Lester. 
what was the guy's name in Mark Grace's life that used to put Grimes. his Grimes. Uh, Grimes. Lee Arthur Grimes. I was going to say Grimes. Lee Arthur Grimes used to hit him in the head with his every time he'd bend over to tie his shoes. What he was Jesus. in the minors, you hear that the heat, hitting oh. streak yeah. going. He would uh, so Grace was a young up and coming, so to speak. <laughs> uh, minor leaguer and uh, Lee Arthur Grimes, G R I M E S. Grace yeah. was next to him in the lockers, and every time Grace would uh, would bend down to tie his shoes, the first couple times, Grimes would knock him around with his. He'd hit him in the head with his gigantic wing. Like, What's going on? Time. I'm getting hit in the head with somebody's the, the dork, <laughs> and he uh, and he popped him in the head with it, and then he got really mad and was going to fight. And the rest team's like, Mark, stop! He's just playing with you and stuff. And Mark went out and went two for three, two doubles. And the next day, he's like sitting there and he ties his shoe because baseball players are superstitious. Yeah. It's like, if I bend down long enough, maybe it'll hit me in the head again. I'll get good luck. So he started getting hit in the head with it a lot. But I saw Grace's wow. dong. And I was well, nervous because I was a Mark Grace fan. But oh. I saw it and I wasn't. I wasn't no problem. Yeah, that's what I t- that was how I introduced myself to Mark Grace. How John. you doing, guys? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> First words to that's Mark right. Grace ever. No problem. I Brian Regan'd him. <laughs> You guys having a nice day? No problem. <laughs> Mark Grace's penis. I, I'm, I should. I should write a, a. I'd be like a groupie who never touched one, but that. And then uh, Jacques Vaughn, his nickname was the Anteater. <laughs> Six feet tall, and it about touched the ground. When he would sit in the chair to do the interview, he had to lift it. Because sometimes, that, and that was back when they would sit down first. But you, you'd be in there while they were naked, and you'd wait for them to put pants on. And sometimes they'd sit down, for whatever reason, a few players put socks on first and sit down or stand there with their dorks out while you're waiting to interview them. You're like, oh, i got to get sound from this guy. He won't put his pants on. Speaking of, did you hear what the NFL's doing this season? Uh-uh. No reporters in the locker room. No, ca- Oh, it's all Zoom stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's going to well, Or the post game, they'll go to that press right. conference area. They'll yeah. go back to that. There's no only. reporters while they're dressing. I talked to Kevin like Ray that. about that, and he goes, I think that's going to be a thing that the players want because he said as a – broadcaster because i used to always kind of like walk back to the locker room or i'd see him like hey come more can i ask two more questions now they're now they're hidden they get escorted in and out they get walked right past they go to that zoom thing it's a five minute deal and it shuts off so they don't have to worry about you know anything troubling easily yeah that's gonna happen that's gonna be the thing john my dad sorry toledo always told me (laughs) balls to the left junk to the right that's kind of what i do i was gonna because that's because one of them is just ridiculously uncomfortable Hmm. What side do you dress on? It's a great question. <laughs> hey, I'm ambidextrous too. I've been laying nice all summer long. Yeah, I go both sides. Is that a kid rock lyric? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Todd says, my tailor asked me what side I prefer my dick on. And I said, the other side of the country. I thought they were talking about my son, Sign Toledo's dad. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus. Jay Todd. Other side of the You're country. Horrible artist. <laughs> Way over. Like a couple thousand miles from here. Yeah. And then we played golf with Greg Ostertag, former Utah jazz player. When I told him, I said, you're the tallest pair of hips I've ever been in a, like next to. And we were golfing with him. And I said, but the dork situation, he played at Kansas with Jock Vaughn. And uh, said, yeah, we nicknamed him the Anteater. I'm like, I saw exactly why that was. It was ridiculous, that thing. All of them. So, yeah, for about three years, I'm like, I don't think I'm human. I think I've got... One of them real little ones. But it turns out they're just specimens. Haven't seen it yet, but evidently Devin Booker's carrying too. That's the rumor from other media guys. That's what we talk about. In the Suns locker room, who's got one? Oh, Book. Book is killing it. Kendall Jenner ruined for the rest of all time. No question. 
Somebody emailed me and said, uh, do Gambadoro telling you this? And it was like, uh, sources tell me last night, Kendall Jenna says, you couldn't miss any hole, so all holes will open tonight. You're allowed to go in the back door. Sources tell me Book got the back door of Kendall. If that's true from what I'm hearing, she's limping today. Oh. He's got one of those Cassell rides. Uh, it's, uh, one of the, uh, one Rosebud's of the- dead ahead. <laughs> oh, God, Brady. No. No. You showed it to me. <laughs> Doesn't mean you got to bring it up. I've shown you plenty of stuff you can shut up about. That's one of them. Uh, anyway. Just get sense <laughs> bring up. Look at him giggling at Rosebuds because he, he's got a new term. Disgusting. I said it. I said Rosebuds. It's, a, it's an invaginated bee hole. <laughs> Which sounds dirtier than it is. I was scarred yeah. from you. I sh- it wasn't me. You came running around the corner and I said, oh my God, this video, this butthole. What? what? And then you popped out of your chair and spilled your blueberry coffee and ran over here. <laughs> what is that? That's a guy's bee hole. It's on the wrong it's side. worse than a hyena chowing on a gazelle. Was that real? <laughs> well, yes. How does it happen? Well, when a man and a man love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too much no Brady that's just love that's love in their field it's a pretty common thing remember when Brandon Lee told us it happens yeah, a lot yeah. it isn't a too much that's a that's normal <laughs> you don't like to believe it no yeah, you gotta stuff I, it back I, in yeah. it's not supposed to get that action <laughs> rosebud over here uh, what do you got on the big board of musical treats this morning, <laughs> right, the uh Wake Up Song brought to you by our friends over there at Action Ride Shop. And I was telling you about the new Santa Cruz bikes that they got in. Well, they also got the new Pivot Mach 6 in as well. So if you're in the market for a brand new ride to hit the trails with or any of the accessories or just want to rent one, head up Action Ride Shop on Facebook as well as on Instagram. And uh, let's see here. John DePascali says, Sam only has one kid. I just looked it up. Uh, you may be right. No woman wants that thing. On the bright side, I'm sure the delivery had to be a piece of cake for her. <laughs> I think I've seen smaller babies. Like a preemie. Wow. Oh, a preemie for sure. Really? Yes. Think about oh, what you I were just about to say. That. Yeah. Man. <laughs> a preemie. Wow. What was it, like two pounds? Yeah. Sam was in that category. Man. It was absurd. And our board is screwed up. That's right. Uh, it's a, a lot of King just, James stuff. Yeah. Starting with uh, Seven Dust Bitch. There well, is. there we go. So Seven Dust Bitch, Metallica, King Nothing. And then, of course, we got the the Suns walking on the sun from Smash Mouth. Alan Parsons was a big one. Uh, Upon a Burning Body, The Champ is Coming. Uh, Destroy Everything, Hate Breach. Smack My Bitch Up from Prodigy. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Steam, No, 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 Kiss Him Goodbye. Uh, body I, Count, Pantera. I think we have Queen. to go with King Nothing. And King Nothing? Anybody that calls himself King James and allows that. Sons don't have any good nicknames. Mikkel Bridges of Maricopa County is the only one I come up with. Booker needs a good nickname. Okay. Maybe something stupid. I blame you for this. Okay. That's a preemie? Yeah. Oh, Cassell's twice the size of that little baby. Oh. That's a uh, that's a one pound, five ounce preemie. Okay. I'll give you maybe that's about the same size as Sam Cassell's weighing. I was going to say that length and girth. Oh, the length the is here. I'm talking one and a half pounds. Because that hand right I'm, I'm next to it. I'm only looking at the poundage. 
Okay, because I was going to say the way you're describing it, yeah. he's got more than that oh, hand. It's a four. Well, that baby goes four uh, wrist to forearm, probably, okay. eh, maybe not. It's about the size of the hand. It's definitely longer than that. Yeah. But it's but you said Ooh. pound and a half. I'd be like, he's probably in there. Wow. If you were weighing him like he was at a deli, <laughs> <laughs> like if they just flopped that thing up, there would be one point four seven or something. You'd be like, okay, just get three three more hundreds and we'll make it even. Man, throw another thing on there. But yeah, it was a big thing. It paid taxes. And by the way, that baby's fine now. So, Is it okay? Yeah. You're sure? I, I had to look at it before mm. I put the picture up there. Yeah, I was concerned. Were you? Yeah, yeah. I, oh. Brett, the first time Chicago you've been ever, time. ever no. been concerned about a baby. <laughs> I was being facetious for Christ's sake. <laughs> I could care less. Like a careless. You can't take the facetious away. <laughs> no Man. need. You should have just stuck with, yeah. uh, I'm glad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was kidding. It's not I mine. Baby's dead or not? Not mine. Nice. <laughs> Doubles down. If it was mine, now I would care. <laughs> it made it. Oh. Whoa, John! You ever dress in the seven ten split? That is the worst. The balls on each side. I happen to be traveling, and I'm in the seven ten split right 7-10 now. Seven ten split's not easy. I think you've got the one seven ten going. Because you got them on both sides, and the yeah, thing, yeah, and yeah. Get that, You're right. That the head, triangle, the head pin's still there. Yeah. I don't know how you did that. Good, <laughs> good work. Uh, let's do it. Uh, King, nothing has to be the thing for LeBron, and he's gone. And again, Suns fans, it's not over. Although it feels like oh, the weight of the world's lifted off of the, the, the. It's just fun to knock out the King. big win. Oh, it's gigantic, and as hated and awful as LeBron James has been his entire life, the most unlikable human being, maybe on the planet. I think you got him of all time. I'd say you got Genghis Khan's probably second. Hitler, Pol Pot. I think, <laughs> I think he's first, and then there's a big gap, and then there's like, then it's a debate. Two, three, four. He's the greatest of all time at being the world's worst person. There's a picture for Brady that Jordan sent over. Oh man, <laughs> what is that? Jeez, it's, uh, <laughs> there's nothing rosy about that. No. <laughs> Something going. That's not the rosebud either. That's just uh, that's the woman's uh, Fiona time. That's woman's flap. Oh yeah, with an Arby's logo on them. Thank you, Jordan. <laughs> She's proud of that. And by comparison, that is what I look like compared to Sam Cassell. Just like a bad woman's part that's been damaged. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway, goodbye, LeBron James. Uh, couldn't have gotten you out faster. Uh, that's nice. Six games. Didn't even have to go back to that seventh game. He couldn't be a hero. He just doesn't have it anymore, which is great to watch. Pathetic. 98. That's it. That's bonkers! You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.